It's all about you. It's all about you, baby. It was great to speak to Rachel Naylor, whose love for the stage and acting has taken her into an arena that she could never have dreamt of. Now a successful businesswoman, Rachel was mowed down by a cruel illness and tells us her story of how that happened and how she's rebuilding her life. One of the biggest topics we discussed here was depression and the hell that can cause, and along with some stepping stones to help you out of it. Let's listen in. And welcome, Rachel Naylor. Here you are on It's All About You, the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honour to be here. I'm delighted you can come on, Rachel, because um, we go back quite a way and we've experienced quite a bit in our yes. time of knowing each other. Yeah. Um, and I do, I've got to put this out to all my listeners here because I do feel a bit inferior talking to you today because you are in the voiceover industry and you have this wonderful <laughs> voice. And I just am very Thank conscious you. of my very northern out there accent. <laughs> oh, you've got a lovely accent. Oh, no, it's yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Oh, too um. funny. Um, but anyway, Rachel, um, we're here today to talk about you, of course. And so really what I'm quite keen to know is, and um, everybody listening is, who is Rachel Naylor? <gasps> Yes. Wow. So, yeah. Who who am I? Um. So I am. There's a there's a few things going on. So um. I'm a I'm an actor. I'm a voice actor. I am founder of the Voiceover Network, which is a membership organisation for voiceover professionals. Uh, I'm editor of the Buzz Magazine, which is the only magazine in the world dedicated to the voiceover industry. Uh, I'm host of the Voiceover Hour. Um. I am uh, an on a uh, uh, multi-award winning entrepreneur um and I'm also a mum so uh, yes yeah. <laughs> which is my most important job of course it is yeah. I know that you said that at the last the last thing but I know that comes very much at the top and yeah. is quite all-consuming at times mm-hmm. I have the ex- same experience <laughs> yes yes so um so I'm juggling yeah so you've got quite a lot. bit going on there Rachel <laughs> yeah quite yeah. A, quite a bit um so could you tell us just a bit more about the, your passion really for the work you do and uh, the launch of your voiceover network which I believe is called Bond is it or is that your award ceremony that you do and you've got so many things going on no, so it's it's called the voiceover network and, and I we often refer to it to as Von uh the Vond is um is our evening events um and it's voiceover network drinks uh which is the D right. um so yes yeah, so the voiceover network um so my passion for acting comes from from a very young age. My grandfather was actually a very successful actor. Um, and so I grew up watching him on stage and in films and, and listening. He had the most incredible voice. And uh, so that's kind of where where I fell in love with acting um, and, and got into musical theatre as a teenager and, and singing and dancing. And, and then I went to drama school and got into Shakespeare and Chekhov and all that kind of wow. stuff. Um, and I have just always loved performing and acting. And then I, a couple of years out of drama school, found a, an online course about voiceovers. And this was, we're talking just over 18 years ago. Um, and the, work, the, the voiceover world was very different back then. And uh, it was really tough to get into. Anyway, I did this course, went along, loved it, absolutely fell in love with, with voiceovers and, and had one of those amazing moments in front of the microphone where I just, I just knew 
yeah. this was where I was meant to be. Isn't that amazing when that happens? Oh, it was, it was and I remember it still. Um, yeah. And yeah. but I, but I, I struggled to get into the industry. It was very, very difficult. Difficult. And I, and and I banged on doors, and there was there was no information out there. There was no help and support. The people who were in the industry at the time, there was a small amount of them, and they were making a lot of money, and they didn't want other people to come in, so they were all you know keeping shtum and <laughs> everybody was like yeah. Shh, don't tell anybody about this amazing job um yeah so I really had to kind of battle and, and and make mistakes and fall over and um and and just try and like tear this door down um and I got through and and uh, yeah and I managed to start getting work and actually one of my first um big jobs which is the one that I'm kind of most well known for uh which lots of you will have heard me and you won't realize um so I'm actually the voice of Virgin Media oh really (laughs) okay (laughs) so when you call Virgin Media Virgin Mobile Virgin Business that's uh that's all me hello that's you okay I may have to do that just for the sake of it um so yeah so I kind of yeah and I I um and then I and then I had lots of success as a voiceover artist and it was great and um and then I started struggling and then I had success and I went through a real feast and famine um which is pretty common in 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 in, in any any business any absolutely. entrepreneur yeah. yeah um and it was it, it was very frustrating for me um and actually just sort of taking a step back I you know I went to drama school I did performing arts at college I was never interested in business the word business used to like put fear into me um mm-hmm. I was always singing and dancing and performing um and then so going forward so I needed to figure out what was going on in my business why why was I having these low periods um and realized that it was the business side of being a voiceover artist that I was struggling with and I went for a drink with three other voiceover artists in Richmond down the road from me and I thought wow this is useful we should do this more often um, and start a little meetup group that was uh, uh, that just grew and grew and grew. And then end of 2014, I looked at the industry and I looked at what I created and I thought I could carry on bumbling along or I could I could really do something and and try and, right out, yeah, yeah. and try and help the industry. And so that's that's kind of sorry, it's a long winded <laughs> answer to your question. No, but, but that's, you know, the small things that one step at a time that build up and little things that happen are what takes you along the path. Yeah. It's just nice now. I mean, that was I launched the Voice of a Network just over five years ago. And I, you know, it was as a membership organization um, in order to help support and strengthen the voiceover industry. And we now have members based all around the world. We just had a new member join in Japan, which blows my mind. Um, Yeah. 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 It's so wonderful. And it's lovely to see the effect that, that, you know, what I, my little kind of, my little baby, my little creation has had such a positive effect on, on so many people's lives. Such such a global reach as well. Yeah. Yeah, Which is fantastic. So you're flying high uh, through all of this and um, out of nowhere you were completely mowed down and this podcast is about helping people through tough times and finding stepping stones uh, to get into a better space 
Um, and I just wondered if you'd be happy to tell us what happened to you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm very open about what happened to me. So, so what happened with me was that yeah, I was running my business. I was, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I was micromanaging. I was doing everything. <laughs> I, was gonna, uh-huh. I was, you know, singing the theme tune. You know, writing everything. You know, doing the whole the whole shebang. <laughs> um, and I um, it was 2018. And I was working myself like a crazy fool. And um, I, there was a day where I, I realized my, my vision was being strange. And I'd been getting quite a few migraines. So I just thought it was a migraine. And, um, and it got worse and worse. And then I, I one morning woke up. It was actually Friday the 13th, 2018. Just, I mean, I, was never, I wasn't superstitious until that point. Now I am. Mm. <laughs> Anyway, so I woke up that morning and, and my eyesight still seemed strange. So I, I put my hand to check each eye and realised that I'd lost the vision in my left eye, mm. which was Very terrifying. Fine, yeah. yeah, and so I ended up going to hospital and and having all sorts of tests it was all very scary and I spent two nights in hospital lumbar punctures CT scans MRIs and that was where they suspected um what it was and it was on the what was the 19th of September 2018 I was diagnosed with MS Mm. uh, multiple sclerosis which was horrendous um and yeah, it was it was a very it's very strange. I mean, I remember when the doctor came in and said we found scarring on your brain, and it, it was very strange. She talked to me like I was a five year old, and I and I can you know I remember it so clearly. And it, you know, it was like she was talking in slow motion, mm. you know, and and MS, and I I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. It was it never been on my my radar, and you know, I, I don't know. I I just yeah, it, it was just never anything that I'd kind of ever considered, and um and of course you know the first thing that. That, that I thought was oh my god wheelchair I'm that's it I'm finished I'm done for um you know and, and the whole being diagnosed it, it it was terrifying I I had a had a weird moment in the doctor's in the neurologist's office when she you know I I just I just didn't think it was gonna even after they'd said that's what they thought it was and and off I went and just went into denial for two months and then went back to get results but not thinking I would be diagnosed like I was absolutely sure like they'd got it wrong um so when the doctor said uh yeah no we are diagnosing you with MS it was like she'd taken the whole essence of me mm. and everything I am and thrown me in the air yeah I understand that and I I just didn't know who I was for a while there and I I you know it was it, it was and it, actually what happened I'll tell you it was it was a horrendous time because I had I was dealing with some online trolling at the time so um somebody in the industry who had been a, a business partner and had been a good friend um he yeah he he just decided to behave very badly we'd had a falling out and he decided to put out some lies on on twitter about me and um he'd done it in a really sneaky way so I was dealing with this whole like PR nightmare Mm. and then I went in and got this diagnosis during that time and then I had two days later I had a a big voiceover conference that I was organizing so it was the week from hell I have to say and I I had to when I did the conference I had to I had to just sort of put it in a box and pretend it wasn't happening and and act my socks off and just I didn't tell anybody no um, and yeah it was it was tough it was really tough and it, with MS um 
you know, there, there are there are all sorts of side effects you get with MS and I was having problems with my right arm and my right leg, um, but also depression okay. is um, a big part of MS. Yeah, and it's one of those. But I think, the, I the think depression or um, certainly taking yourself down the spiral when you're diagnosed with something out of the blue. I think yeah. it, partly it's like when people die as well, the grief, um, yeah. you're yeah. grieving for what you were, you're grieving yes. for potentially the loss of what you were planning to do um, yeah. and trying to grapple and find out who you are or what's left of you or what you are because um, yeah. everything changes so much so with yeah. massive life's ups and downs you know they just come flying at you how do you deal with the downtimes when you you know I, I know both of us have come out into a, a space of sorts that we're a stronger version of ourselves um, yes uh, me from my cancer diagnosis and you with this and we're, we're made of stern stuff I understand that but there yeah. is a time and a space that you have to go through that is yes. like hell on earth quite frankly oh yeah you know so how, how did you deal with that how did you find your way out of it um it was it was it was tough I think there was there there were times of denial early even after being diagnosed you know there was a kind of weird sort of just like just keep going just keep going um and and then and then there gets to a point where you can't keep going. And and I remember it was Christmas two thousand and eighteen, and and putting on a putting on a smiley face for the kids. And 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 looking back, I was I was absolutely full on depressed at that point. Mm. Um, and I think that's the interesting thing about depression as well that you know. And I'd always thought, oh, depression is is sad people people looking sad. Yeah. It, it it was like I you know I felt like I died inside and I was just I was just acting the whole time. But isn't um, that it's a sneaky thing I find depression because I, I you just said something um, that rings very true for me. I yeah. thought the most I do the most that I do is get fed up, and yeah. I don't do depressed. Uh, but actually, yeah. prior to being diagnosed, I think I was badly depressed for about two years. And I didn't oh, actually yeah. acknowledge that until after the diagnosis. Um, yeah. It's quite incredible. And so you don't even know it's snuck up on you. It's a real cheeky little, sneaky little thing in your head like a worm. Mm. Um, and makes you think thoughts that aren't necessarily true about yourself as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's... Um... It, it is very strange and I mean I'm I'm you've met me I'm I'm like a, a I'm a real optimist um I'm a very positive person I'm, I'm bubbly and so you know it's like oh my gosh you know and I'm you know I grew up I'm the youngest of three in a very active family very sporty um lots of you know performing and stuff so you know I, and I was always Rachel's fine Rachel's fine Rachel's always fine Rachel's yeah. just fine yeah. so suddenly I wasn't fine and it was trying to understand that and I think so then, so then after Christmas, what happened with me was as soon as the kids went back to school, I just, I complete, I just went down a massive hole, mm. a black hole. Um, and I, I, I couldn't stop crying. Um, I couldn't get out of bed. I, it was horrendous, really just no energy. Just, I just felt awful. And I remember my parents were just horrified. <laughs> they didn't know what to yeah. do with me. Um, and there was a bit of, there was a kind of panic of, of, you know people around me kind of ah what do we, what do we do with her now like this is ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've never seen her like this we don't yeah. know that's not her what do we do uh, yeah and and so um I managed to get an, an emergency appointment with a GP and I went and spoke to the GP and she's like oh yes yes you are depressed here's some pills off you go um and I started taking the pills and it was just it was a strange one I remember as soon as I kind of 
I took one pill, I felt better. And of course they take three weeks to work. So <laughs> it was actually, it was actually just, just having somebody acknowledge that I was depressed. That, yeah. that was really helpful for me. Yeah. Um, just to have somebody say, yes, you are depressed. And yes, you're going through a really, really awful time. Um, and then uh, I ended up, you know, going to my neurologist and, and agreeing to do all the, the drugs treatment, the, um, the very intense drug treatment uh, for MS. But they couldn't put me on it because I'd, I'd been having some weird heart things. Ugh, all, I mean, all integrated, I'm sure. But, yeah. mm. and, then, um, and then it was actually well, my business coach at the time had, had um, really pushed for me to, to go. And it was actually Damien Mark Smith who okay. I was working with. Um, and I worked with him for, for a few years and he had organized an energy retreat in Cape Verde. And he really, he was really adamant that I go and I was, oh, you know, I'm not feeling up to it. Oh, it's money. You know, I just want to mm. stay in bed. And actually, my husband said to me at one point, why don't you, why don't you go away and, and go and do something? And I remember at the time thinking, you just want to get rid of me, don't you? <laughs> But actually, so I did. I went to Cape Verde on my own um, and there was three days before the retreat and then the retreat was three days. And it was the best thing I ever did. Oh, I, I'm so grateful. I, yeah. I, I, I learned to meditate. Mm. So it was meditation. And on that retreat, I, I, it was, there are, I mean, there's, there's so many stories I can tell you about that retreat, but I, I, I'd been having numb fingers and toes, which is part of MS and problems in my right hand and my right arm. And um, after three days of, of meditating and lots of shifting, lots of crying, lots of kind of processing things without knowing it, you know, not really mm. knowing what you're processing. Um, after three days, I, the feelings all came back in my fingers and toes, the pain in my hand went and it was, it was, it was, it was like a miracle. <laughs> it was quite so magical. What do, you think, what do you think was causing that for you? So I think, I think we can create, we, we create blocks within us. Yeah. Um, not going too that woo woo for yes. those of you, but yeah. I, mean, I, I, I massively believe in meditation. That's that's Me what too. I use now as as treatment. I, I'm not taking any of the drugs. I'm I'm using meditation. And, oh, so and I was interested diet. when you said you were given drugs as to how they'd worked because um, I know they're great for some people, but I have a loathing of doctors that just sign people off onto tablets without actually oh. giving them any support internally. It's internal support. Yes, it's 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 a shame, and I mean, I, I luckily I didn't I didn't continue, and I know that that um, that uh, antidepressants are, are are great for some people, yeah. but for me at that point, she, you know, that my GP hadn't kind of yes, of course I was depressed, but she hadn't kind of talked to me about diet or exercise or lifestyle, um, and and that's the most important thing. So I and actually, when you're in that space, you can't see it. You can't oh. see what you should be doing. And actually, you know, yeah. just talking to each other now today, it's absolutely not rocket science to see what you need to do. But yeah. when you're in that space, you can't see the wood for the trees. And even no. if people tell you, it just doesn't make any sense to you, does it? Yeah. No. It it it, it it's weird, and you. It, it's a funny one, depression. And I do, uh, you know, I had this kind of fee this theory that. Um, I remember trying to kind of, I'm quite, I, I analyze things quite a lot, but yeah. that it's like, it's your, your subconscious battling with your conscious mind. And you, so you're in this, you're in this kind of turmoil where you're, you know, your subconscious is trying, you know, wants you to go in one direction, your conscious mind wants you to go in the other direction and you just end up free falling down. Um, and also and at that point while you're free falling down, I mean, <clears throat> my my take on that is the word depressed, 
you're pressing yes. down yes. what is really deep in you that you need to be acknowledging. And yes. oftentimes when we're just brave enough to face that and take it on and do the work internally, you yes. you're able to not even work out. It's presented to you what you need to be doing. Yeah. Um, and you, I think depression comes from depressing those yes. internal feelings. Yes. And, and it can be it can be childhood stuff. You know, I mean, there, there are all sorts of things. We all have things that, you know, from our childhood that that maybe we haven't processed that we haven't. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, you know, I now believe actually that, that we hold on to those as, as, as energy blocks in our body. Yeah. Um, and, and then they can end up causing all sorts of, of illnesses. Um, and, I, you know, it's a, it's a funny one. I actually look back now and I'm grateful that this wasn't something worse um and you know you know there are all sorts of awful things that 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 it could have been um and ms is something it's a you know it's it's not um roses and it's not fun <laughs> and there are days that are tough and it's something that that you know i have for the rest of my life um and i have to manage it so so things like my energy i have to really really manage that um and you know there are there are good days and bad days but I'm pleased to say most days are good. And I, I am, I, I feel like with food as well. So being a vegan, um, the vegan diet for me has just been, oh, just wonderful. So have you just, have you become vegan since you were diagnosed? So, yeah. So I was, I've actually been a vegetarian since I was 10. Right. But um, I used to eat a lot of cheese. Okay. <laughs> like cheese, cheese, cheese. Um, and it was on the, the retreat uh, last year so uh, January 2019 yeah. um, on the retreat it wasn't a vegan retreat at all but I just I had a it moment where I, I was running along the beach um, before one of the sessions and I it just it was just I need to be a vegan mm. I was like, listening to my kind of intuition and yeah and that was it really I, I never went back and um, and now my family are yeah they're all vegan and yeah it's 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 wonderful Oh, and that's made you feel um, better. Oh, but there you go. You see, you listened to what was being told, you know, what was going on inside you. You didn't suffocate that thought. You let it take hold and and went for it and was brave enough to go for it. Yeah, I think I think so often, you know, it's a tricky one in in the world that we live in. um, And, you know, there's so much information and, we, you know, we've been bombarded with adverts and being told what to do here, told what to Mm -hmm. do there, do this, do that, eat this, you know, and... But actually, if you can take, you know, and I, I recommend to everyone listening, if you can take a break mm. from your life mm. so, and, and, and on your own, I think is important. So, if you, you know, take time out. And I, I do think women particularly, we spend a lot of time kind of with, you know, being either being mum or being businesswomen or kind of doing the house. And actually, we, we all need a break. Everybody needs a break. And we all need to take time. That is our time. That is just... And, and you go and listen to your body and listen to yourself and try and tune in to, to, to what to what you really are. Yeah, what you yeah. are, what you need. Um, 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 yeah, so, um, so... I wholeheartedly love what you've just said. Um, I, I, I think that um, I speak about this a lot, you know, putting your own oxygen mask on first. Absolutely. And mothers are particularly bad at that. We mm. all think we should do for everybody else first. And this isn't being selfish. No. It's about stocking up for yourself, putting your own oxygen mask on first, 
And the overflow that comes from that, because it does, yeah. is what you give away. And then the more you get practiced at it, the more overflow there is. And mm. it's a magnificent experience. And you've got better quality for everybody else when you're doing that for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think back to when I used to be like, you know, rushing around, like I wouldn't yeah. stop. Um, and, I, you know, people would talk to me about meditation. I'd be oh, don't be so sick. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got to do five that. minutes, let alone, you know, 20 yeah. minutes. But yeah. I now... But actually, that's your internal self, isn't it? On the hoof all the time. Yeah. Not giving, not really giving the deep, the depths of you five seconds to recognise what you really, truly wanted. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I now, I now, it, it's my priority, you know, every morning I give my, you know, I, I put aside half an hour to lie down and, and, and do a meditation. And I always, always feel so much better for it. Um, and, and you're more in tune as well with yourself, with your, you know, with, with, you know, and you see opportunities better and you do, they seem to present themselves to you. And I think also if there's any unrest in your life, it's a time where you can get proper answers rather than flying off the handle in a fear state. Yes. Yeah. You know, oftentimes you see people flying, there's plenty of it around at the moment, you know, um, where people are so fearful, uh, they're just spewing out bile all over everybody instead of you know really taking stock of where they are themselves and and getting a better handle on it for them yeah oh absolutely absolutely and and I I do think you know at the moment in the current climate it's, it's quite interesting and um I think I mentioned this in a message to you the other day about how um it's it's been a it's a tough tough experience to go through for all of us the the coronavirus um, and and the the massive change that we've all been forced into you know staying at home this fear of this this you know virus that is out there and and might get you and um and and it is scary but it's 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 quite interesting and i've i've um i've just written an article actually for the buzz magazine about it in terms of you know my experience being diagnosed with ms and and looking at, at the way that the world reacted to the coronavirus oh, quite similar yeah. to i think most people when they are diagnosed with something um because it almost is like the world was diagnosed with um yes. with a virus with a nasty you know vicious virus and you know when i was diagnosed with ms i went into denial and i would imagine you know I, most people who are diagnosed with pretty serious things go into denial and the world went into denial it was quite interesting looking back and seeing that um and then suddenly oh gosh no it is real okay and 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 all of that going on and 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 I think in a way when you've had something so traumatic as being diagnosed with MS or cancer or um you've you've sort of experienced that so in a way I sort of felt like I was you know I was more it's a second time for this whole scenario yeah um, I, would, I really agree with that I, I work with a lot of cancer patients now and we've all said the same yeah. um I had my um coronavirus time if you will two years ago the shock of yes. that and the length of treatment I was to go through yep. so when this came around it was really very easy for me to see that we were in this for the long game yep. and it was going to be a mental game yes um and then to see my friends some of my friends who were feisty and out there just crumbling at the first hurdle yeah. and I, you know it was that was quite astonishing to me yeah. um, lots of my cancer patients have said the same thing we've got more resilience more understanding of how to cope with it and acceptance um, I you know I, yeah. I I accepted it much quicker than everyone else and I remember I agree, you know, yeah. you know the, fairly early on you know on the school run when things were still open and saying to the parents 
that I was with, you know, the schools are going to close soon. And they were like, oh, yeah. don't be so stupid. It's just yes, the virus. Really oh, it's just that. the media. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, just you wait. They're going to close. Yes, because you can just see it, can't yeah. you? You know, I, I was looking at a, um, some business beforehand and I knew the pause button was going to have to be pressed. And yeah. everybody I was working with, everybody was just plowing on. I thought, yeah. you've lost the plot here. This isn't <laughs> going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so true enough, thankfully, we did press pause yeah. in time and um, everything's fine. But, um, yeah, I think it just gives you a bit more insight um, into life in general mm-hmm. and, and yourself and how to deal with that. So how, you, you know, you've already said you meditate and would you go away more frequently now? Is that how you protect your mental health? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a funny one. So last year, yeah, I, I did the, the, I went to Cape Verde in January and then I ended up through my business going on quite a lot of trips, um, which, which I, I love traveling. So I was able to kind of incorporate travel, but what I did when I, when I went away for work, I then would, would tag on to each of my trips. I would tag on time after the event to go and sit on the beach. So yeah, I went, I went to end up in Miami for two nights on my own. Um, I spent some time in Colombia um I actually went out to Australia and spent some time with my sister so I did I definitely took some time out last year and it, and and I you know I was just I just wanted to travel and and I think people you know it was a funny one because I didn't I didn't go public about my MS until it was September last year so I did all this traveling and everyone kept saying to me oh wow your life is so amazing look at you here <laughs> look at you there um and and it was it was, it was quite a weird one and I got to a point and I thought oh my god I'm, I'm living a living a lie this is this mm. is you know people just doing one well it's, it's kind of not a lie in a way because I did the same as you but I, I just wonder while you were doing that you were able to take stock peacefully and quietly yeah. on your yes. own whereas when you let it out to the world um everybody chips in kindly yeah. but you've got this avalanche of well-wishing yeah. and people that are wanting to be involved or get involved yes. with your life and when you're first newly diagnosed I didn't have a wafer thin piece of paper space in my head. I just didn't. Yeah. Um, and I know I could listening to you early on what, with what you were saying, that was exactly the same for you. Yeah. And so I think you have to give yourself that space to acclimatize, don't yes, you? Definitely. Yeah. Because you've got to, yeah, you've got to come to terms with it before you tell other people. You have. I, I, I don't know, but I, I had a real, had a massive sort of weird guilt and, and I hated telling people. I hated that reaction and the, the you know the tears the yes, and yes. then you 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 consoling them and you're like wait a minute yes <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. so yeah. um so yeah so to wait until you're ready and so so I did do it and I I did it in quite a sort of I had an event and um I was just... you have to find a bit of strength don't you yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a different kind of strength to be able to deal with it yeah, yeah and it was it was one it was terrifying coming out but I I just felt like I didn't want to I didn't want to have a secret anymore and I didn't want to feel like no. I was carrying around like and then some people know and some people don't know and oh you know yeah. da, da, da. and I thought you know what actually I'm just going to be open and honest and you know this is me this is who I am and 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 so I I, I put something out on Facebook and the response was, uh, was unbelievable I, I couldn't even yeah. believe the amount of messages and love that that was sent my way and it was it was amazing really amazing but but what it did actually and lots of people reached out to me and thanked me because it made them feel like it was okay that everything wasn't okay. It, I agree. I think that's a big, big thing you've just said there because oftentimes we're gliding through life mm. um, and 
it's okay to accept that life is bloody messy at times. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I think especially on social media, you know, we choose what we put out there. And so it's very easy. You know, I, I was putting a lot of photos of me, you know, walking the red carpet in L.A. and, and doing yeah. all these amazing yeah. and traveling to Colombia and going to Australia and doing this and doing that and smiling at parties. Um, and then and then to, to come out and say, oh, yeah, I'm doing all that. But also I'm. I'm, I also have multiple sclerosis and I'm dealing with, you know, with, with, a, with a lot of other trouble um, that, that people don't see. And, and so, mm. yeah, it, I think we should all, you know, it's, it's good to share and it's good to be open because um, it, especially when you're, I'm quite in, in my industry, I'm, I'm very well known and I'm quite a public figure and, and it, it just sort of meant that it, yeah, it sort of opened it up for people to sort of say, oh, actually, gosh, yeah, we are all human. <laughs> Oh, or to say yes, Rachel, me yeah, too. Yeah. You know, and you've got somebody else that you can connect with and know that you've got somebody that immediately understands and gets what you're going yeah, through. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so um, you know, I always say, would I want cancer again? Absolutely damn well not. Yeah. Am I glad I've had it? In a way, mm -hmm. I am for what it's taught me. Um, have you found that you've had big life lessons from it? Huge! Oh my god! Yeah, and, and it yeah. was—it was funny because there were there were moments. Um, I think it was about six months into it, and um, somebody said to me, "You know, I—I I was part of a mastermind at the time, and I went and told them, um, and had a big old cry." And and one of the women yeah. who's quite spiritual on the mastermind, she said to me, "I don't want to be, but you're going to be thankful for this." Um, yes. and I was yeah. like, "What are you talking about?" And I, and I mean, I, I, yeah, it's a, it's a funny one to sort of think. I'm really, I'm really pleased with with what I've done over the last two years, and I am really pleased of, of who I've become and what I've learned. And I think, yeah, there, yeah. there are so many things that have happened, um, lessons that I've learned, and and the person that I've become, and that's that. A lot of that is because of of being diagnosed with MS, and and I know that there are there are amazing things to come. And I and I and I feel excited about what I can do, and and I want to, I want to share my story with more people, and 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 hope that it inspires people to know that. Do you know what? You know, I, you know, we all have excuses. So we all have excuses as to why not to do something. Why you know why not to start a business? Why not to 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 follow your dreams? Um, but 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 you but you've got to do it you've got to do it because yeah. because we all have things going on in our lives and then, we have we've all got things excuse, hearts excuse. and dreams that have kind of got been turned down and yeah. um, it's about turning the dial back absolutely off, and 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 there are always going to yeah. be challenges in life um and all through our life and you know there are going to be more challenges and you know ms isn't going to be the only thing in my life there are there are more things to come and i know that um mm -hmm. but but we can't but don't let you know things stop you um no I would agree I think um it, it's made me more alive I would say yeah, yeah. I think and more so. in tune, it's made me, it's made me braver yeah. and yeah more in tune with who I am and I, I think I made myself second best for many mm. people um you know I went through a divorce and I think that last 10 years of my life I was living on fumes mm. um and I just don't feel like that anymore it's, it's fantastic which yeah. is uh, it just makes you, I mean, the reason I do this uh, podcast is for people that are running on fumes and wanting to move themselves into a brighter space. I'd rather people understood that than have to have a, a serious yeah. illness to show it to them, yes. you know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, yeah. Just kind of rounding up the whole um, situation where your career is. What's been your favourite thing, and what's next ne- next for Rachel Naylor? What What are you up to? Oh gosh, lots of things going on. Um, yeah, I mean, I I I love. I'm I'm very busy, but um, and people often say to me, "How do you do all the things you do?" Um, and I love it. I absolutely love. I love the Voiceover Network. I love the Buzz Magazine. I love the Voiceover Hour. I love my Voiceover career. So, uh, and of course, I love being a mum. So, um, so I think that's the fuel is is that I love um, what I do, and um, you know, continue voice acting, and and the Voiceover Network is going to grow and grow globally. But I think something that that I love that I want to pursue more is is motivational speaking. So um, mm. so yeah, public speaking, you know, going to events and and sharing my story and um, that's something that that is that is coming. That's coming down the line. Obviously, when when events start happening yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're all a bit parked at the moment, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. Um, so that sounds fantastic, Rachel. Um, I'm super, super delighted you could join us today. I'm sure that people have taken a lot away from that. And, um, well, I just wish you all the best. Thank I really do. Thank you so do. much. Thank you. And thank you for having me. And, um, yeah, and uh, thank you, everyone, to who's listening. And, I uh, yeah, I hope you're all safe and well wherever you are in the world. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. If you like this podcast, like it, comment on it or share it. Thank you.